Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Westworld with Jay, Jack, and Mike. My name is Jay. My name is Mike. And I'm Charlotte Crushes Hector's Ball. <laughs> and welcome to the show. How's it I going, I, I gentlemen? I laughing at it. was I clearly mean, I, in the I, episode. So are, were those things like, were they that fragile? Or is it that Charlotte is supernaturally strong with her android power that she was able to crush it easily? It's a great so question. Are these like Fabergé eggs? Yeah, it was. It kind of <laughs> Fabergé egg with jelly in it. It kind of smushed like a like an actual egg, you know. It was. It's a great question. It's a great question because my, I have one of those like you know Logitech kind of mouse balls, and mm-hmm. it always reminds me of those. And it's very hard. So I, I it did seem weird. Get your head out of the gutter, Jack. Jeez, Louise. I, no, I was, simply, I was simply saying something that happened in the episode. Sure, I mean, I sure. guess better that than like, and I'm you know Charlotte's burned alive husband and child <laughs> oh yeah like if i'm was... gonna protect you i'm gonna protect you i was no, just like oh yeah oh no honey what is you doing <laughs> no yeah. um yeah i feel like if i think i even said it last week like, well i kind of see where Sirach's coming from he's a good bad guy and that you get where he's coming from but this was like nope just pure bad guy just going straight evil bad guy that needs to be stopped i guess dolores is the good guy okay here we go <laughs> well that's the thing i mean you know westworld's all about not black or white shades of gray yeah and we start to see that but yeah i totally agree that at least like i'm happy for episode five again that we know Sirach's motives because i do feel like as very just over the top evil as he was this episode mm-hmm. you could still sort of look back on episode five and be like okay he's doing this in order to mitigate the cast. I mean, you even see on that watch that you brought up last week, Jay, mm-hmm. that like the Rehoboam 
uh, the white is is finally overlapping the black again after when we got a glimpse of it in this episode, there was like an overwhelmingly black side creeping in. So mm-hmm. this idea of the eclipse was starting to drift apart and, and get disjointed. And yep. at least Sorak, if Zorak's goal is to bring everything back together to protect the world, he is doing that. It's just <laughs> at the expense of these characters that we have, you know, really gotten to know over the past couple seasons. Yeah. And yeah. um oh, man. So but I did find it interesting that yeah, it, as a viewer, we at least to me, it seems like we're firmly in the Dolores camp where, you know, I love Maeve, but I'm kind of like, well, whose side are you on, Maeve? Like, what's Maeve's motivations? Because uh, well, her, I wanted... She's under, she's under Ciroc's thumb. I mean... Yeah, right. but, she's yeah but, kinda... but but even in the beginning of the episode, you know, talking about the motives where, you know, Maeve is in... It starts the episode with Maeve back in that field, yeah. back with her daughter, and Ciroc being like, oh... I'm going to incentivize you by saying, hey, Dolores is threatening this part of your world. And Maeve's like, no, no, no. That's that's not why I'm doing this. I'm I'm you know, I'm I'm doing this for a different reason. So mm-hmm. I agree with you, Jay. It, it sort of is like, you know, the even S- someone like Sorak who has so much control making assumptions about somebody. Uh, mm-hmm. but instead Maeve is all about the help that she is getting. And I guess we saw a little bit of the help in this episode. There's definitely some more help down the line. Mm-hmm. We saw one come out of the goo that we're not exactly sure who it is, but <laughs> yeah. if you, if you do some, uh, some Easter egging, you might be able to find it. We, we can definitely talk about that. So yeah, it's tough to figure out her motive. So much so that the show was even addressing it at the beginning. Yeah, definitely. Well, oh, go ahead, Jack. Well, now, going back to Charlotte, Charlotte Dolores, does she go? You know, I think her... I, I think they deemed it Holoris at the yeah. end of, uh, the, the okay. you know bonus features. Okay, Holoris, because now she because there was a scene where she goes, "Why did you give us feelings? Why did you?" Because um, so Rock said, "Yeah," because one of her downfall was she's not like the old Charlotte Hale. She cares about her son. She cares <laughs> about her. She cares. She has feelings. Yeah, and to that extent, that, I would also say like good riddance to old Charlotte Hale. Because, like, <laughs> yeah, it really proves how ruthless and terrible she was to her family. Yeah, but that, but that's what her down. Her family died because she cared. And yeah. but, but, but my question is, is she going to be more angry with Dolores or Sorak? Because Dolores was making her do things, and she and Dolores even says she is. It's not your family. Hmm. You know, so it who it, it the obvious people are going to think, oh, she's going to want revenge on Ciroc. I think she got she wants to go after Dolores. I mean, it's an interesting play, but to me, I was like, f Ciroc, bring him down. Like that's how I saw it. But I, I think it's an interesting, an interesting view of that scene. It was a very it was a very Terminator esque scene. Like kind yes, of crawling. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, basically from when. Charlotte decides to escape. Delos was all Terminator, yeah. right? Just like down to like her limping yes, away and, yes. and the robots attacking. Yes, absolutely. Like, uh, tons of Terminators. So, you know, Holoris, will she be back? And I think she will. <laughs> and I think she's going after Ciroc. Like, I don't see how she blames Dolores for this when clearly Ciroc put the hit on her family. Um, yeah, it's, 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 the, the Dolores put put her in that situation, but it's her. She is Dolores with I some get it, extra but, but she's, stuff but she's sprinkled evol- in. But she's evolving. That's what these characters are. They're not. They're Dolores, but they're they're slowly. You know, they're, they're they like when she's trying to pull her skin off and all that other stuff. It's it's they're not. They're not. They're Dolores, but they're not one hundred percent Dolores. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's the thing is that like the further she is 
straying from you know when the further the apple falls far from the tree the more different it's going to look is essentially what we're getting to right that like mm-hmm. the as much as dolores is dispatching versions of herself out there the more the further they get away from her the more they sort of get infused with the personalities of the people that they're playing right. we didn't mm-hmm. really experience that with connell's or musashi it seems <laughs> yeah. uh, if there are more dolores is out there i guess we'll experience it otherwise it pretty much seems like we're watching this through Holoris's eyes but i don't know because i mean yes serac did make that point in the boardroom of like you know she left you here to die she's mm-hmm. not coming for you mm-hmm. but also serac was the one who killed her husband and son. <laughs> yes so it's sort of like you have <laughs> I, to go for yeah, that i, I, I get that but but she also was she was leaving she was gonna ditch dolores and everybody to save her family right she was going she was gone I think she's just trying to get her family to safety because she knew Sorak would come after them. And well, she, she and how, how do you do it? She, she couldn't come. She couldn't go out in public again. I mean, she would. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because, uh, again, considering what information Sorak has between insight and now, you know, being able to buy up properties by the dozen. Like, <laughs> you could just imagine that he has the trackers on everyone at all times. So. Right. I think it was just, it, it was a dry well to sort of draw water out of that, like, oh, yes, they can get away and Serac won't be able to know. Even though it does seem Serac has been, you know, outsmarted a couple times. Even right after the conversation that I mentioned before, she is able to, like, straight out of a Star Trek nemesis, like, poison everybody in the room. R.I.P. Yep. the entire board of Delos. I know. Except Serac, who's not there. And then Ciroc, I mean, they, they were expendable because he just got rid of a trillion dollar or whatever just to kind of like, mm-hmm. I just need this one thing. Yeah, they torched cold storage. I know. It, it, I, it, the drama of the episode was a lot. I think you almost for or you maybe could, you know, uh, it missed the fact that there's now – to Dolores's point, only a few hosts left in in the world, I guess, since you know they torched mm. all of those ones, and Hector's gone, and it's just awful. Right, it's 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 comparable to like season two when they destroyed the cradle, right? This idea, mm-hmm. and that was so Dolores could be like, we only have one life now. There are no backups. Now it seems like this time, now there really are no backups. <laughs> For they this torched time, everything. This exactly. time, which there's make, no more. <laughs> which makes it a little, you know, uh, a little more of an echo of like, okay, we already have been through this before, but yeah. I guess. I mean, do we really think this is the end for Hector? Do you think that there's a Hector backup? Because otherwise, it was a weird way to kill off what's been a pretty seminal character for the first two seasons. Yeah. I, I he's Jack, done. you have a thought. You think he's done? He's done. I think it was to, it was to hurt Maeve. And it, it, you can see her reaction. So something about... <laughs> and remind me the actor's name again. Uh, Rodrigo Santoro. That's right, Rodrigo Santoro. Something about Rodrigo Santoro. He can't make it past season three. Something about yeah. <laughs> what he does. way more popular this time though. Yes, than his yes. Other character. <laughs> but I, I, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting take, Jack. I feel like that's the the good challenge, the status quo take there. But I, I don't think he's done. They crushed his his ball. Is his thing. He's, well, he's there might be man. there might be two Hector balls, and he still has one left. Well, so that's, I mean, that's true. And listen, it could work just as well. Well, that's the one thing is that, so we see this brief screenshot when uh, Charlotte, when Holoris sees that Maeve has been brought back and there Mm -hmm. are four balls there. Mm -hmm. And if you go into like the little numbers and letters that are given for their serial numbers, there's Maeve, 
there's Hector. Apparently, the third one is Clementine. Mm-hmm. And there's a fourth one that people don't necessarily haven't figured out yet. But that's going to be like another. So it seems like we're in for a couple more, you know, big season one, season two cameos. Um, yeah, I think uh, Armistice. Do you think Armistice could be back in that as well? That could be. I mean, she made a cameo sort of in this episode when William bit uh, that yeah. guy's finger off. Maybe <laughs> remind me a lot of when she did that at the end of season William one. Was hu- William was hungry. Uh, he's angry. He's hungry. Um yeah, well, I, I think, think I think with the the person we didn't see it. I think it's Teddy. He went to the other side. He's gone. I, I, I get that, but it has to He's be somebody. Happy. It has to be someone to look because she tried with Hector. Hector is gone. But Teddy I, wouldn't I, turn I, on Dolores. If if you're gonna try it, maybe it, to to get to Dolores, it has to be someone she trusts. Yeah, but I just to me, I don't know. I, how you're many times? Because Dolores. We saw it in this episode. Is one step ahead. How many one step ahead? So how can how can Maeve get how can Maeve get the upper hand? She has to trick Dolores. Well, I guess the question is, when it came to Hector, so she was our implication that she convinced Ciroc to like go in, grab those three people, and then bring them out, or was it that Ciroc already had those three people? And Maeve was with them. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's like the timeline of events of like Ciroc going into the park to get the stuff when Charlotte was trying to trick him that the encryption key was in there. <laughs> it's your thing, Jack. You got to defend it. Get I on your you were hill. Say something. I, no, I'm just saying. It, it, I, I'm just saying it has to be someone. Okay, that's fine. It's, 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 my, I, question, I, my first thought was Clementine. My thought is this: like that, that's what Clementine's, we've been saying since, and, and she's gonna and she's gonna be one of them. Yeah, yeah that's confirmed. Yeah. yeah, but the other, it has to be somebody. It and it also has to be a big reveal because the Dolores thing was such a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. All the Dolores is with such a big deal. You can't just go, oh, it's such and such. Yeah, whatever. That's kind of boring. Then just show us. Then just show us at the end of the episode who it is that that uh, Maeve is looking at. How many times do we have to get burned that it's a Teddy reveal? We just have to James let Marcus it go. Is just doing so much, Jack, that I don't I, know if he could take I, it. Have you seen Sonic the Hedgehog? Have you seen it? We've talked it about his, it. It could be his dad. I mean, her dad. It could be... Uh, He's moved on. Yeah, it, it's got to be somebody that she feels comfortable with. Or, well, young, like, Will, or young William. Maybe they made a... Ah, that'd be interesting. Uh, that would be interesting. That'd be a way to really like screw with her because he was such like a big part of her character arc both mm-hmm. then and right. now. I don't know. I, I firmly believe, I agree with Jay here, that I think everyone who went to the Valley Beyond, the point was that like they're gone now, they're done, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the part of the point of the encryption key, right? Is that they're sort of locked away right now unless someone has possession of that. So far, Maeve, hey, uh, Hector, and Clementine all died outside of the valley beyond yes. so they were still like active mm-hmm. as hosts uh so right. i guess we sort of have to look in that category yep. but outside of that i mean there was it was sort of like maeve's entourage i think people have been saying angela that could be an interesting one as well though to your point jack if it's supposed to be for like a big effect character wise angela's not really gonna cut it for but is clementine just... is clementine like really it's just who's in Maeve's circle i don't think it's i like no, the I, idea I, jack, but it I... has to be someone we go oh my god so maybe young young william i don't mean the i mean i'm not talking about little william 
No, no, Jimmy Simpson. Who, who, who wasn't happy about how he aged? Oh, you mean like young <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall? Yeah. <laughs> I do love that line where he said, yeah, I'm okay, with, but I'm not, I, I didn't age well, or whatever he said to, to, to. I mean, yeah, I can imagine to a certain extent, like sitting in front of, I mean, it's, it was interesting. I'm certainly sure we'll get into the, um, the, the William of it yes. all, but it is interesting comparing like those scenes to the idea of insight and the whole data leak, right? Of like, we're going to project who you are as a person. And in mm-hmm. the case of little William, or at least the AR image of him, he literally got to see that he got to see that projection in front of him. And it's something that he unfortunately can't change. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, well, let's save William for last because I feel there's a lot yeah. to dig into there. Um, I, to close this out on the whole, who the other people are, I don't think it has to be a big reveal. I like the idea, Jack, that's a big reveal that challenges Dolores. Then, then, then you should have just showed us. I, I, well, true, but I, they didn't really show us Clementine so for the eagle eye people. I, who knows? I don't want to discredit you, Jack. We, we, we just need to look at the fact that Maeve said she wanted help. And yeah. I guess the question is, how deep are we digging into that word? Is it help just as people who would be most likely to help Maeve, like Hector and Clementine, or is it someone who can more directly stop Dolores than Maeve? I think mm-hmm. that, that's what it has to be is someone that Dolores trusts or someone that Dolores, like I said, that she doesn't feel comfortable with or you know, it throws her off her game because right now Dolores is, maybe is running the show. The, she's, uh, she's... Maybe it's that guy that uh, William saw in this one. Who is he, the original? Uh, uh, was a Confederados guy? Oh, yeah. Uh, what was his name? his name? Anyways, he was in this episode. Oh, for like... uh, Credic. Credic. Credic, yes. Um, maybe that? Nah. I don't know. I, I, I think it could go anyway. But I, either way... All right, uh, I'll I'll drop off Teddy. I'll say it's going to be uh, William, younger William. I think that's that's not that's not bad. I mean, so I don't want to discredit you, Jack, because you were right that one time in the six years we did a lost podcast. So I don't <laughs> want to discredit you because there's a chance it could happen. But hey, I, I'm up cool with it. I'm I got to tell the listeners, so I'm taking it with a big grain of salt, like a really. really I, again, I one. I don't know for sure, but I'm just I'm I'm, I'm going to tell you right now if it turns out to be. Such and such. I'm like, okay, that's well, kind of boring. I'll, I'll add something on top of that. When are we finding out about the identity of the fourth person? Because we only have two episodes left. Is this going to be a big penultimate episode thing? Or do you think this is going to be a big finale reveal? We should know now. Well, I, we I will hope the next episode. Okay, there you go. I was just saying, like, we don't know now. That's the <laughs> question. I want to know now. I want the whole world. <laughs> Call JG Wentworth 877. I want to know now. <laughs> uh, um, but okay, cool. That's that's anything else on the Halora story here? Losing her family, tragic. Um, it's gonna be tough to see like where she goes from here, too, though, right? Yeah. Because like I'm, a, I'm, I was very surprised. I guess maybe I shouldn't be considering that her body was, you know, uh, artificial. That mm-hmm. she was able to survive that. Uh, and obviously the uh, two like f- fleshy human bodies of her other two family members were not. But I guess the question is, does she go back to Dolores? She has nowhere else to go. You can imagine that she might like, I mean, I don't know where Dolores is right now. Remember she took off with Caleb at the end of yep. last episode in one of Ciroc's jets. Could she try to find her? Cause that's the only person she has left right now. Yeah. I think so, she like, has you know, to go. Back. Delos is basically dead. Yeah. The park's dead. Her family's dead. Yeah. Where is she? She has she has she has a transformer robot. 
that's on her side. She left that one behind, man. She let that team, one take care of all the security up. guards. No, but they weren't. They were. That was useless. I, 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 if I'm, if I see that thing, I'm going to turn around and run. I'm not going to try and shoot it. Yeah, that, that thing looked like the was it from RoboCop? Yes, right? I was big, just going to yeah, say that. Really the, looked like that. Look, I'm out of here. Um, but yeah, I, it's a really good question. Where does she go from here? I think, to me, now she, that all of the now that all of her children have burned up. She goes on some type of like <laughs> solo vendetta against Ciroc. That's what I would think. And I would say out. it's, it's, it's going to be Dolores. That's going to be the twist. Hey, listen. You stick to your guns, Jack. I appreciate my, your guns. I am. I'm sticking to my guns. I don't I don't appreciate. I don't agree with your guns, but I appreciate your guns. That's what, that's I, 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 I will say I think something that's probably going to play better on a bench for this season that I think is a little tough for the week to week in this particular season is, you know, the Charlotte stuff that we were talking about in this episode was calling back to the stuff from episode three, right? With yep. like Jake and Nathan. Mm-hmm. And it's a little tougher to remember back to like three weeks ago when we were talking yeah. about that rather than like watching it all in a row. I could say the same thing about the Williams stuff too, right? Cause we took a yeah. week off of William. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it's like, I don't know if it's a pacing issue or if it's just that this might be a show, a season that's a better cohesive narrative when it's binged it's a little tougher for me personally i don't know about you guys to just like remember oh yeah so she's divorced but like the husband's willing to you know get back with her in this in this formality and they're trying to privatize the park to get it yeah. away from Ciroc. no i there's something to it going from 10 to 8 where it makes sense there's things that were like okay i could see that being a solo episode where now they're kind of interspersing it throughout one episode. And to your point, Mike, there is this element of is this better bingeable than every other week, every weekable? Um, because it does, you, you kind of spin an episode away from the, the, the story. Um, and again, not to harp on episode five too much, but you had so much of the was it genre, mm-hmm. little genre drug thing. Um, where if you just would have maybe just interspersed it more throughout all of the episodes, you wouldn't feel you would feel more in tune with the story that was happening versus week one, Dolores and Caleb. Week two, Maeve and Hale. Week three, uh, was William in week three? Or was he four? Um, yeah, William was week four. Yeah, week two was Bernard and Maeve, and then yeah, week three was you know. Hale, and then week four was William and uh, William and Maeve. So it's interesting. It's ensemble storytelling, but yeah, I mean, to your point, uh, nary a sighting of Caleb, and we only heard you know modern day Dolores's voice over the phone. Yeah, this episode, but that's the only thing we heard or saw them. You know, what it reminds me of it. Reminds me of uh, the original season four of Arrested Development on Netflix, where yes. they weren't all together at the same time, so they had to kind of like separate out their storylines and they all did match up but it felt like very disconnected from every single thing so, so to that point i wonder if i don't think you know jonathan nolan and lisa and joy are going to do this but i cannot wait for the fan edit of season three of westworld <laughs> where like it sort of lines up a bit because that's the other thing too is that we sort of get to see some other ripples from the big insight data leak mm-hmm. you know we have yes, charlotte, yeah. charlotte walking through these like rioting streets mm-hmm. when she talks with jake I also love the irony of Jake being like, you know, I didn't read my profile. I don't know what the future holds for us, but it's not up to a machine to decide. And it's like, you do not know who you're talking to, dude. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> no, I. If he, if he would have read it, he would have known he would have going to blow up, right? I do wonder what I do wonder what insight predicted for him, like, given yeah. what they knew of the current Charlotte Hale. It probably yeah. wasn't going to be good, right? Yeah. Because she was so like 
emotionless and cold towards him. Don't, don't get in the car with Charlotte or Charlie, like he calls her. It's bad. It's going to end bad. I think. Okay, you're in his shoes. Do you read it? Do you read the intel? Yeah. Yeah, Mike. Do you, you read have, the intel you have to know. on your so? It's tough because, like, I would probably like. I don't know, break my phone or something. Cause like you can't resist that temptation, but it's definitely one of those things where like, you know, you, you feel this about like comments on the internet too sometimes, right. As a creator of like, I want to look, but I know the second I do, like it's not <laughs> going to be good and I'll feel worse first about it. So like, I might as well, like, you know, just like in the dark night, let me throw the, the transceiver out the window that blows up the other boat. So I don't need to worry about making that decision. As William says, you know, it doesn't really matter what what why does the decision even matter when it's out of your hands you know the choices that you make are not really yours well i mean you, it could go the doc brown route where you're like no i won't know the future tear it up and then put it in his pocket and then tape it together later when you really that, want to that know. was that was cheating I, w- I would look at it in the morning not at night because i would have trouble sleeping ah, there you go just put it's it like, off it's like it's like morning. you don't ever go look at reviews at night is your you cell phone going off right now are you getting information about us jack no i don't know I hear it. I hear it. I know. You're getting little pings yeah. from inside at the Yeah, moment. exactly. What is it telling you? It's telling us that there's someone at, there's something at the front door. Mm, yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, it's called the mute button. Try it out. I, I, I got it on silent so mode now. So unprofessional. And you've been podcasting for 15 years? Unacceptable. Unacceptable. I know. I know. I apologize. <laughs> wow, 15 years. Oh, I, and I don't look like it. <laughs> So Jack shared on our Facebook group, uh, there was this person making a lost, an, a po- lost podcasting documentary, and he did a little feature about Jack and I, and it was about 10 years ago, and uh, I have aged, you know, kids, it's been 10 years, uh, but Jack, you have aged like 30 years I, I since that grandkids. video. Sure, grandkids. blame the grandkids. In- injuries. Um <laughs> Because your mom, your mom keeps telling me how out of shape I am now. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's uh... literally because because I don't. I mean, but you know, four years ago I was refing, you know, mm. probably fifteen games a week in treadmill. I was. So I was exercising. I mean, basically, what you guys are seeing though is like you know the younger version of yourselves talking to the older version of yourselves <laughs> in that room, where like you're meeting with the younger Jay and Jack, and like yes. The, the Jane Jack from 2010 and the yes. Jane Jack from 2015. I, I would definitely be that kid, the younger <laughs> young Jack that would say, "Oh my God, what happened to you?" All right. Well, uh, speaking <laughs> of t- looking and talking to our younger selves, let's let's dive into William's kind of storyline in this episode because it was very much I was like, "Okay, where is this going?" I'm like, "Okay, mm-hmm. if he ends up dying, whatever." But it. At the very end, I was like, okay, this all makes sense um, with Bernard uh, and Stubbs coming into the into the fold, and I guess him joining that crew. But I thought they did. I thought they did a great misdirection because at first you think it's a typical story where the dad's abusive and the dad's an alcoholic, oh, I love that. And, 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 the, and, the, and you're thinking, okay, the kid, poor kid's going to be beaten and stuff like mm-hmm. that. What well, turns out the end, my, my impression was he was just afraid of his dad. I mean, the dad was afraid of his son. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. It's like- and, and it's like, and, and William is, because he kept, you know, the man in black said, I'm only, I only have my violence inside the park. You mm-hmm. know, but no, you're, you've no. always been a violent person. Yep. And that's why the, the James Dello side of things was so interesting. Yes. Because that was the one character that saw through all the BS. That was yes. the one character that was saying like, don't tell us that story or like give up right. about that. But again, it's all 
inside Williams. You have yes. to imagine that sort of some manifestation for him of like, you know, the truth. But notice that that was the only character that wasn't a William. Yeah. So it's one of those things where, again, if you're talking about this idea of like confronting yourself, the only way he could confront himself <laughs> is if someone else represented by another character completely mm -hmm, confronted right. him for them. Yeah. And it was all in his he, head. Yeah. Because he want when he the first scene when he's with his younger self, he goes, get me out of here, get me out of here, because he doesn't want to know. He doesn't want to remember the truth of who he who he is. Mm -hmm. He's a violent bad person or there right. is just that undercurrent of you know yeah a violent a violent person these violent lights have violent ends and um but i do i like this uh william and how they're like they're portraying his character is very much a mirror to humanity in general right like humans <coughs> are capable of you know great feats but also can be violent uh horrible murderous beings so like williams this perfect kind of mirrored image of you know this good a good person right like a white hat but then also a black hat and uh that is such a perfect mirror to human society which is also what we're seeing throughout this season with now with the insight data leak and you know the whole world kind of going crazy uh kind of shows uh, humanity uh, at its worst, but then there's also humanity at its best, and I think it's just, it's it's the, I don't know, it's just a very interesting aspect of. But is there is there a William Best? Is there a Best of? I mean, I think that you know we saw, uh, you know, Delos William, the guy in the tux, was trying to prove that point, right? Mm -hmm. Of like the stuff I was doing out of the park saved so many lives, mm -hmm. but I think the best William is the one we're gonna get now. Yeah is this idea of him being like, I've done all this and I know who I am now. Mm -hmm. I'm the good guy. And to that point, I wonder if it's still going to be like him using his violent tendencies, but quote unquote for good. Like, I don't think he's a complete <laughs> like, pacifist. Like, like, like Ciroc. Yeah, like I don't think he's a complete pacifist now. I think it's more so like I have these abilities that have manifested themselves in these very bad behaviors before. Mm -hmm. Let me use it for something that's going to help you know, a good cause. And that also brings up the question of like, it, do, do the end justify the means mm -hmm. in that regard? You know, is it really good that you're able to do that? Because as we talked about with Ciroc, you know, everyone, everyone justifies their own actions by feeling like they're the good person. But mm -hmm. I love the transition because you talk about the color theory, Jay, but he has fully transitioned now from the man in black and he is the man in white. Mm -hmm. But yeah. You know, and there's also that great imagery as well of them all being in white in the asylum as well. And it makes you really, for the entire episode, view William in a different light because this is a color that we never see this character in. He's yeah. always in some sort of shade of black. Yep. Uh, and so now for the first time, he's like completely in white, which leaves him super vulnerable. And of course, we now get to see the asylum side of things, which yep. like, oof. As much as as far as we've come in, uh, you know, mental health in the past, even like five years, it doesn't look good for 2059 no. if, with what we're doing with those that no. uh, might be a little more unstable. Yeah, it's uh, it's not great, but also not great that, you know, civil unrest, whatever, like they all just kind of peace out and just leave people to like have their, you know, reality goggles just left on and kind of having their minds turned to jelly. Um, but yeah, I do think that's a very interesting 
the difference there and him wearing all white. It's it's imagery, not just for imagery's sake, it's for a reason and it's there to kind of show you this. But I also like that he kind of murders all the other versions of himself. Yeah. So yes. like that <laughs> that white's jumper or whatever is, you know, bloodied and stuff. So it's it's there and that's but, not the first time we've what, that's what I'm saying. Can he because we see at a young age, he's not a good person. Suddenly he's going to be the good guy? No, I think he's both. And I think that's like humans are both. They're both, you know, they can do great, amazing, good things, but then they can also do some really crappy things. And nobody well, is all one or all the other. Well, like you're when all William you're was, both. When first went to the park, we thought William was a good guy. But right? I think it he proved was. out he's he wasn't 100% no. pure as no. the driven snow like nobody he, ha- he has a he has an evil side to him but i so I, I i that's where i feel like he teams up with the bernard crew um if he's the anti dolores crew like he has a chance to redeem himself right which is interesting because what he was saying at the beginning of the episode in this you know group session was very almost like in the pro Dolores camp, right? He's mm-hmm. saying, you know, uh, what we're just a thin layer of bacteria on yep. this ball of dirt hurtling into a void, you know, uh, all we're humans are meant to do is consume and excrete, use and destroy. We've squeezed any value of anything that we're given. Like that's music to Dolores's ears. I'm yeah. like, yeah, humans suck. That's why we're willing to take over. <laughs> yeah. But, what the F is your problem? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I love that. Cause I do love like that. I feel like that was a little meta of, Obviously, the characters in Westworld talk with such flowery language, and this mm-hmm. feels like one of the first times that like a normal character was like, "What the hell are you saying? What are with these <laughs> stupid metaphors?" Maybe I'm looking a bit too much into it, but it did feel a little meta to be of characters yeah. being like, "Okay, stop using all like these three dollar words and yep. similes." Okay, yep. I agree. I agree. Um, it was an interesting scene because there's well, it was all he was also very negative, very very you know. Dep- it was depressing what he was saying, right? So yeah, that's well, why the, the guy's like going. Well, yeah, because he was talking about like this idea of like, well, I think everything's in God's plan. And obviously at this point, William is done with this idea of the game, right? This idea of, of yeah. having like a general orienteering force and him saying, no, 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 there's nothing there. So it's clear how despondent he is, which is why for his therapy, they turn to these more intense measures between you know the little thing at the top of the mouth that we saw caleb had which is yet again another confirmation that caleb went through yeah uh, that is might not be a vet that is actually going through a similar thing unless you know they did say it was used to treat military grade yeah it was military grade they said yeah so so it could be similar but also the ar goggles uh which is just i guess to torture you (laughs) or to (laughs) yeah i i it's the whole thing was was really interesting, um, but I, to me, what I did like at the end where they had the Bernard there is, or I I want to ask the question, is this? And I think I know where Jack stands. M- Mike, maybe I'd like to know your side on this, but I'm over here. Him him joining the uh, Bernard crew is this a a William redemption play, uh, or is it or not? Well, so the question is, again, is Dolores the hero of this story? Because mm-hmm. that, I think, also ties into this idea of redemption. Because yeah. if it's him working against her at the moment, then maybe it isn't redemption. But also, like, if we're not siding with Dolores, does that make us by default side with Sirach? And given what Sirach is doing, does that make him an antagonist? Yeah. You know, 
I think initially you wanted to look at it as three sides, right? It's the Dolores mm-hmm. side, the Ciroc side, and like the Bernard side. But I feel like the Bernard and Ciroc sides are sort of doing the same thing. So it's almost kind like two of. sides. Yeah, and that does make it interesting. It, it kind of muddies, like Ciroc's actions in this episode muddy the waters for me just as a viewer um, because, you know, I'm a human being. While I do think <laughs> humans are generally pretty awful, I do think there's also a lot of good there. Mm. And I don't think we should be, you know, eradicated. But uh, <laughs> so I feel like I, 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 don't, I don't, I don't, see I'm the Bernard school. I'm the Bernard school of approach here, not the Ciroc school. But then, <laughs> then I love Maeve. And I, I don't, I'm not compelled to root for Maeve either. So it's just, it is very interesting to see how these chips are falling because, you know, Dolores is definitely at least how it's being angled, like who we should be rooting for. Well, because I think we said before, both Dolores and Maeve went through so much. Well, that's what yeah. Dolores, the simulation of Dolores tells Maeve, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. we're not good guys. We're not bad guys. We're survivors. Yeah, right. We're survivors and they are. And I think you have to, how do you not root for them? But, you know, right now they're not on the same team. So it's like, who do you root for? But I, it, I don't, I don't know. know. It's it's a fun little Warshock test, I feel. I feel like whoever, which characters or which side you associate with says a lot about like who you are mm-hmm. and like what you choose to value. Because again, it, it, it really just puts you in like a logical pretzel knot mm-hmm. of, okay, well, I want to support the host. That also means that humanity at its essence, like it should be purged, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want that. But then that also means opposing these characters that like, could have a right to existence when previously we have treated them incorrectly. So it just, Mm -hmm. it puts you in its own maze. You feel like the maze that's spray painted (laughs) on the, on the graffiti in the very, yeah. 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 Um, but as it's, Oh God. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Bernard and crew and Maeve, they team up, kick out Soraka out of the equation. Cause he's kind of a, you know, evil. Loose cannon. And then then they team up to, like, stop Dolores. So like, hey, can't we all just get along? Can't we have, like, humans and people still be cool but get rid of, you know? No! <laughs> I mean, that would be an interesting endgame for Westworld that would be, like, to have these two species try to coexist. Mm-hmm. It would be, again, it feel weird that we went from Westworld to this, but it is sort of coming <laughs> full circle, right? This idea of, like, guests and hosts existing in the park, even if the hosts don't know that the guests are guests. And now we're sort of getting a, a similar type of thing. Jack and I were talking about this a little bit offline in terms of Ciroc, because I mean, nobody's going to get to Ciroc the way that they are now. It seems mm-hmm. like there's and always he's, a virtual. Yeah. He's, he's indestructible. Yeah. He's, he's always a hologram. So I wonder if, you know, again, we saw Dolores fly off in a jet. I wonder if she's going to him. Cause I feel like it's one of those things of like, you got to cut off the head of the snake. Mm-hmm. And when all the snakes that you see are imaginary snakes, you have to actually go find the real one. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think there is an element where if Ciroc is done this season, she's going to do it next episode. Right. Uh, or if Ciroc's the big bath of the rest of the series, then, you know, it's not going to happen, but I, could, I, I do think could, it's good. Could point. Ciroc's brother be the ultimate bad guy? Yeah, because remember, he was one of the aberrations, right? He yeah. was right. put in these institutions. We also don't know what the state of these, I mean, at least we know the state of William's institution. Maybe a similar thing happened in his brother's, where like yeah. just yeah. everything fell apart. And now this guy, this very smart guy, but this very 
behaviorally out there guy is now out there in the world and also you know knows what Rehoboam's build Mm -hmm. is has access to it like that could be something very scary Mm -hmm. uh we don't we haven't seen a lot of Sarah right after the inside stuff but I'm surprised he wasn't trying to tie up that loose end at least Mm -hmm. from what we know of yeah because if Sarah if say Dolores kills Sarah then there'd have to be another bad person right I mean there have to be there has to be some kind of twist okay you killed Sarah but then someone else steps into his shoes. I mean, there's there's always another evil person. So maybe they team up to get rid of Ciroc this season. Then it's truly uh, Bernard versus Dolores. If next season's the last season, if, if Bernard is against Dolores, why did he? Why did she keep him alive? Because she keep... wants someone. To, and he even said it. They've said it in this season. Someone to kind of rein in maybe her worst tendencies. I get it, but if you if. It's just, it's just weird because it feels like we haven't really maybe you know it just feels like he's one sort of always one step behind her even though it does seem here i don't know maybe he's one step ahead of her because he and Stubbs were able to break out which is interesting because last episode didn't like connell slash dolores she gave him information about that facility mm-hmm. so maybe once again she wanted him to do that they yeah. wanted william out in this world yep Dolores, Dolores has some kind of plan. But there's That's only like, there's two episodes left, and when are we gonna get the plan? Is it is it next week? Even though it I, seems like in the previews it's gonna be very Caleb backstory focused, which again I mean, doesn't mean anything in this season because no. there's a lot of other storylines gonna be thrown in. But well, I mean, we've been seeing part of the plan though, right? I yeah. mean, I feel like last episode was part of the plan. I feel like blowing up insight and yeah, leaking all the data was definitely part of the plan mm-hmm. to like to right. create chaos. So I. Yep. I can imagine that maybe that was like step one and now we're starting to see the other steps come into play and how Mm -hmm. she's going to sort of take advantage of that chaos. Again, Mm -hmm. it reminded me a lot of like the first season of Mr. Robot where again, another big world event happens and you see the world crumble. Uh, I would say poor, you know, the doctor that was taking, you know, doing therapy with William, but it seemed like from her profile, she was doing some really bad stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did like, and we are talking about, it, but to her like hanging herself, like not that I like that, but just how the chaos. I thought it, I thought it was kind well of, done. Yeah, just how, and, it, and and that was the first time that he it. that Ed Harris really like had a reaction. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I feel like to this entire something, maybe it's because of tranquilizers or just his entire uh, sort of I, I don't know, just very blank way of looking at the world at this point. Yeah. That was the first time he like when he saw her, he's like actually looked jostled yeah she yeah, like, looked a bit thunderstruck and that's coming from the guy that shot his own daughter so you know that's something <laughs> yeah. that definitely affected him he has a heart so true so true um is there anything william can do to to redeem himself from killing his own daughter or is that there's well i guess the question is is he not necessarily redeeming himself but the fact that he both last the last episode he appeared on in this one, like the fact that he acknowledged it as a choice that he made, I wouldn't say that's like a redemption thing, but I think that's definitely part of like his own coming to terms with it, you know, which is why he was haunted by Emily so much two episodes ago was him. I think just sort of being in denial, much like he was in in denial about a lot of this stuff in this William meeting. And here he is just right out in front with Mm -hmm. it in the very beginning of this meeting of like, Yep, I shot my own daughter. Uh, it was a lapse in judgment. My mind was confused. Like he's already sort of working through things, but mm-hmm. it's clear that 
I mean, I'm sure when his therapist suggests you have to confront your own truth, not run away from it, she didn't mean kill all the past selves. <laughs> but again, in true William fashion, like it has to be something that violent. Otherwise, yeah. those spirits of the past are going to come back. In order to make himself a new man, he has to like slaughter mm-hmm. every previous version of himself that's existed. Barehanded. I guess there was a chair in there. It was very WWF uh, type move. I guess WWE now. Um, but yeah, I think I, I do think there's a chance if Anakin Skywalker can kill younglings, but then can be a Force Ghost at the end of Return of the Jedi, William can have his redemption. I'm just saying it. I'm just saying. It I right mean, now. to be fair, that's also his son's Force Ghost. You know, so little biased. <laughs> All right. Um, any other thoughts about this episode, gentlemen? There was probably a couple of things we didn't cover, but any other thoughts about this episode before we get to listener feedback? Uh, the one thing, again, a lot of callbacks in this episode, but when, uh, you know, when Delos was asking him, like, hey, uh, were you just a passenger? Did your life happen, happen to you or did you choose it? And William's response of, if you can't tell, does it matter? Uh, is yeah. uh, the very first, one of the very first things that Angela told him, his mm-hmm. very first time in Westworld. So, again, very very pertinent that again it's coming it's coming all full circle and he also beat up the ver- killed the version of that guy yep. uh, who encountered Angela with that yep yep good call out Jack any other thoughts from this episode before we no, go to uh, listener feedback I think we have an email from Ethan we do we have Ethan's and not Ethan's a whole bunch of emails uh, for listener feedback this week so let's jump into that but before we do that We're going to take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Listener Feedback. All right, it's listener feedback time. Have some feedback to share with everybody. How many here. calls? Uh, no calls. People like writing, I guess. I People are too busy calling Jack apparently to say what's at his front door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have we have a doorbell thing. It's, it's, uh, uh, again, mute. God, so unprofessional. Have you heard it lately? No, I haven't. So thank right. you. Stop. Thank you for being receptive to. I just imagine now that Jack had one of those robots, like the the you know the drones that shave Charlotte, just like taking out anyone who goes to his porch. <laughs> That's what he means by putting it on silent. We had a FedEx guy come today. I know this is way off topic, but we had a FedEx guy come today. He rang the doorbell and he goes, "Did I deliver you a package?" And I go, "Uh, I don't think so." He goes, "I mean, he goes, did I leave it on your front porch?" I go. Did someone steal? He goes, I can't remember if I delivered it or not. I go, how long ago was it? He goes, five minutes. I go, 
Um, <laughs> Wait, was that today? It is 420 today. That's yeah. true, actually. <laughs> I, I, I said to him, I go, I don't know. Um, he goes, well, let me go check my truck. <laughs> and he, he did find the package. Oh, I man. mean, I guess good on him to sort of confront that in the moment rather than being like, okay, let me just get in my truck and make it a subject. But still, it's not it's not a great side as a customer <laughs> when someone's yeah. like, hey, that I, I know I was supposed to do something five minutes ago. Do you remember if I did it or not? And he was a, he was a younger guy. I mean, he wasn't like my age where I'd be like, I, I can't. I go, well, we have a camera. So I go, I don't know. And my wife, yeah, she looked and she goes, no, there was nothing delivered. I go, so he went and got the package and brought it back. And Well, luckily it was found. But yeah, hey, listen, our delivery uh, That's true. employees have a lot on their shoulders yeah, I, right now. So. I, 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 I like them. so unlike Jack, I'm going to thank our delivery people. Thank you so much for everything <laughs> that you do. I thanked him twice. I said, thank you, and, for, uh, thank you for bringing it back. And, <laughs> and thank you for doing what you do. Um, anyways, uh, again, thank you to all those. Thank you to the heroes of our current it was, COVID. It, it was my Botox, so I was like really happy it came. So, thank you to all the heroes that are keeping our world afloat. Unlike Jack, who doesn't care about them, but I do. So, thank you. And yeah, Mike Jack's does. It's a well. real William here. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, if you saw me, a uh, younger me, you would understand. Why. Yeah, no, I mean, you and Ed Harris. Very similar trajectories, apparently. Same, same. Oh, we, no. age, we age the same. It just, you know. Oh boy. If Jack, if you just let your hair grow out a little bit more, you would be you'd be white suit old William. <laughs> that's what that's where we're all gonna be by the end of this, you know. Just like we're all gonna be just in our own straight jackets that we've all put ourselves into talking to versions of ourselves. Oh my god. <laughs> So true. All right. Uh, let's get into these emails. Enough enough chitter-chatter. Let's get to it. Uh, first one up here um, is from Charmaine. That's a dope Charmaine. name. That's a great name. All right. Uh, Charmaine from Toronto. Last week, the world divided between those that thought genre was genius and those that thought changing music and filters while Aaron Paul blinked and clenched his jaw was not genius. Actually, Boy, which side she's on? <laughs> kind of boring. Not surprised by the divide. Surely some people watch the show high. <laughs> Just surprised how many were on the genius side. I leave you to define where you <laughs> landed and how high you were when you got there. <laughs> but this week, at least, the end of the world uh, means more than people staring at their phones, as usual. By the way, how come no one gets good news in that data dump? What does Rehoboam give me that I couldn't get from a depressed future fortune teller? Wait, it's science! A depressed, a depressed actuary. Looking ahead, Charloris has set a new benchmark for mothering by calling home before she mass murders and then rising from the ashes, ashes of her bombed SUV. While she joins force, will she join forces with Maeve? Casting aside Dolores, who's uh, proving to be the worst boss ever, and emerged <laughs> the mother of a new species that the world has always needed. Uh, except this seems to be Evan Rachel Wood's show. Counting on Jack to have an awesome crackpot theory about how what happened to William, worst psychotherapy ever, reveals what happened <laughs> to Caleb. Charmaine, great email. Charmaine yeah. kind of agrees with me about uh, Dolores going against, I mean, uh, what, what is it? What's it? Uh, Charlo, Charlo, whatever you call her. Holoris, Charlo, Charlo. It's Dolores. 
joining with Maeve and going against Dolores. Yeah, you and Charmaine are kind of aligned there on your thoughts. And to me, it's I thought it was pretty obvious, but that's, you know. I also, to go back to one of her points. I didn't, I didn't watch the episode high this week. So. <laughs> Not this week. Uh, I, yeah. do, I do wonder why it does seem like everyone we've seen has gotten bad news from Rehoboam. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's like a classist thing. Maybe it's like they projected that the rich kept get, getting richer because I don't think we've seen any like, you know, of the insight people or any of the Delos people mm. get. No, they, they, they seem to be happy. Yeah, because yeah. that's the thing is that it probably was being like, yeah, you'll just keep on your trajectory. You'll probably make even more money. Whereas mm. those that are more middle class or lower class, like Caleb, for an example, would get this like absolutely terrible projection. And that yeah. would probably lead to more class warfare as we're seeing mm. existing right now in the show. Yeah, I think that's a great way to explain it. 100%. All right, uh, Charmaine, great email. Keep emailing mm-hmm. in. Uh, if it's you, Jack, it's some of the best writing you've ever done. All right, next up is <laughs> Sasha. Hey, fellas, it's Sasha Flick again here. I'm thrilled to report that after you read my email last week and crowned me the new Ethan, life <laughs> has been an absolute dream. I've been floating around like Ciroc in his arrow ship and feeling all sorts of giddy, yet somewhat inert power. I, like Ciroc, have now locked away my brother Ethan and rightfully had him treated with digital adjustments and secure, <laughs> secured away in a glass-walled bedroom. Ah, success. And this was another great Westworld episode. I liked it as much as Ed Harris likes to snack on fingertips. Ugh, sorry. <laughs> Is that a Jack joke? Oh my god. Do we think that uh Ethan's sort of his own AR hell was like him <laughs> homeschooling right now? That's just all his son. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um anyway, oh here god. are a few of my hot takes to add to the mix of what I am sure has definitely been a brilliant and insightful discussion from each of you already. Oh, thank you, Sasha. See, this is where you're even better than Ethan. Like you compliment us, you're kind and witty, like way better. Well, she, she lied about two of you. For some reason, I hadn't or noticed until lied. now <laughs> the use of anamorphic lensing in the simulated world, a.k.a. war world. It's a helpful delineation of worlds, mm-hmm. to be sure. Side note, Sam Esmail's show, Homecoming, also played around with the aspect ratios as a storytelling device. Yeah, I mean, we saw that last season a bit, too, mm-hmm. where it was the difference between being in the cradle and being outside where the cradle, I think had the widescreen bars mm-hmm. on top of it. And when you were outside of it, you wouldn't see it. Yep, exactly. Um, and if you guys haven't watched that, I highly recommend it. Ciroc trying to eliminate the host as a species. It's not unlike Hitler and his evil Holocaust. Perhaps that's why war world is being used to make the comparison all the more clear. Mm. Interesting. Um, you could add a jazzy slow drum to Williams Group Therapy Nihilist Diatribe, and it would be classic beat poetry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of bass, a little bit of uh, double bass, upright bass, mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. some bongos. Um, the elevator scene with Charlotte and the security guard. Um, that's what Solange wanted us to do to Jay-Z in that elevator at the meatball. <laughs> meatball. I thought that was a really fun thing. I liked how the guy who stepped on hadn't gotten the the communique yes. yet that she was like public enemy number one so he's like oh hope you're hey. having a great day do, 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 do. oh what's that okay and then as soon as she hears that she like just goes into fight mode and finally uh my wife angela was complaining the entire time about how she didn't take the damn like cape coat thing off and it was only then that she did so yes we didn't talk about it. that was a great fight scene yeah i mean tessa thompson kicked ass this episode yes. in more ways than one 
Yes, I mean the she was the Terminator. Was her is there's a scene where she turns sideways. It could have been a stunt person, but other than that, it looked like it was all her. Yeah, can we just talk about how the use of stunt people? Uh, doesn't work in HD or 4K because I've watched some older mm-hmm. movies and it's just like, oh, that's clearly a stunt person. That may- if you watch any <laughs> '60s westerns on TV, clearly it's. But not. like old TVs and stuff, like you probably didn't notice it, but now it's like yeah. clear. But anyway, that's a, well. That's, that's and, I mean, you could also say that about like wigs too, right? Yeah. Because I mean, this episode, Love Evan Rachel Wood, but it's very clear that was not her real hair mm-hmm. when it was, you know, simulation Dolores talking to Maeve. Yes. Yes. Right. Uh, Lost had the best wigs, the best. Oh, uh, yeah. That's well-known facts. Oh, uh, right. Young Jack, <laughs> or Pot Farmer Locke, <laughs> Boone. <laughs> oh, Boone. Whew. Anyway, uh, the fact that hosts can change by virtue of what they experience truly underscores the nature versus nurture argument, but applied in this new non-human way, even as hosts. They can be affected by nat- the how, what, and with whom they interact with. Interesting that we get five Williams and we had five Dolores's. Dolori? Hmm. Yeah. It's we don't get like a middle stage. I guess is middle stage William the Jimmy Simpson William? Like I, I think feel so. like we still d- maybe they just didn't want to bring in another actor between that William and Ed Harris. Could have like could have like ageified William a bit, I guess. Yeah, or like youngified like, Ed Harris. I guess it's I guess it's easier to because you could probably use prosthetics to make Jimmy Simpson older, whereas mm-hmm. you'd have to use CGI to make Ed Harris look younger. But there's just things like people are using. They even showed how they could use deep fake technology in uh, the Irishman, where it actually looks better than the youngifying of people. Mm. Like they could have just gotten some older footage of Ed Harris and then like deep fake the face on there, and it oh, that's interesting. Yeah, fine, but. Uh, there's there's Seems a few like ways a lot of work. It, it yeah, cheaper than whatever. Uh, ha- not Hasbro. I was thinking Hasbro. Uh, Marvel did <laughs> in the Avengers. But anyway, also in Hollywood update news, Jimmy Sim uh, Simpson has either gotten some really good work done or gotten a digital facelift. He is looking smooth and ageless. Yeah, maybe that's maybe they wasted it on him instead yeah, of using it on Ed Harris. <laughs> maybe that is yeah. Uh, Charlotte's recipe for self-care following this episode soaks in an entire bathtub filled with cold milk while taking an epic bong hit and listening to Shaka Khan's Through the Fire on repeat. (laughs) (laughs) In my opinion, the biggest pressing question getting us into the next episode is just like the ending of season two, who is getting the invite to the real world via the the host spheres? Who are Maeve's abilities? I would wager possibly Clementine... Oh, oh, sorry, allies. Who are Maeve's allies? I would wager Clementine and maybe Hainro, uh, To Okamato. Uh, guessing it possibly oh. be an army of women. We're looking forward to Ca- the Caleb. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the um, that was the Maeve mm-hmm. uh, avatar in Shogun World. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but no, I'm not saying no. Cheers. Yeah, actually, you know what? I I might actually put in a late bid for that because I think seeing Musashi this season makes you realize, like, okay, I guess they are acknowledging the Shogun mm-hmm. World characters, and Maeve really bonded with her, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. So I could see if Maeve wanted help, she would actually be a good person. Like, she's not afraid to to be bloody. Let's remember when she cut that guy's mm-hmm. face open with the with the needles. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good that's a good call. Sasha, great work. Cheers yeah. to you, Jay, Jack, and Mike. Sasha. 
Email Great email awesome. again. Uh, much better than Ethan. All right, next up, <laughs> it's not Ethan. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, that's good. Uh, hi, it's Ethan. We are all Ethan. Not really. We're pearls inside an Ethan. Love forever. <laughs> not Ethan. <laughs> Short and sweet. Uh, but it, there's another one. Dear J, J, Jack, not Jack, and Mitch, unfortunately, I didn't finish my earlier email. My AR therapy was interrupted. But don't worry, I'm not a hologram. This episode of Westworld was great. I'm very excited to see what Bernard uh, and William uh, story we have coming our way. However, I find it a little easy writing that Charlotte was blown up, but they didn't make sure she was finished off. Now, instead of being a redeemed Charlotte, she'll be hellbent on helping Dolores wreak havoc. Realistically, they should have made sure she had gotten taken out. Until next week, my friends, not Ethan. Again, I I think it might have been planned. You think it was planned that what, that they would blow up and she wouldn't? That 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 they didn't double tap her because they, I think she's going to go after Dolores. I mean, I just, it, it just makes sense to me. I mean, it Boo. is important, to, it is important okay. to note that, remember, Sorak knew that she's a host. So if indeed the person that, you know, used the rocket launcher on her car were Sorak's men, to Jack's point, he would know that they were firing upon a host. And maybe assumingly he would know that they would be able to survive something that maybe humans would not be able to. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, I think, I mean, I guess from a story perspective, which I think not Ethan's more asking for, I think we can sort of put a pin in this question until a couple weeks from now. Like, I find it tough to answer this question until we see what she does. If it's just this, you know, if she ends up not really doing anything, then yeah, you could say, why didn't they just kill her off with the family? That would be much more of a big ending to her arc. If she does play this big role and ends up being, you know, the Brutus to Dolores as Caesar, even if we speculated that Caleb would be that person, then yeah, now it makes sense as to why she ends up crawling out of that car wreck. Mm-hmm. Right, and also remember too, she's got emotions, and she's she's mm-hmm. not Charlotte. She's not the original Charlotte Hale who would have been okay. That's all right. I didn't like those. I didn't like my kid anyway. So there's a there's a different there's a different there's a different. She's got feelings, and she's going to have anger. Mm-hmm. I do love that Charlotte Hale <laughs> response to like, well, oh great, well one less mouth to feed. Perfect. Yeah. Ready to move on. <laughs> I had a great insurance policy on both. Oh so. man. All right, uh, next up, we have an email from The Ethan. Ooh. Oh, sorry, we're all out of time. Yeah, sorry, Ethan. No, uh, dear Jay, Jack, and Mike, what follows is a 500-page essay of why I believe Kylo Ren, the one true Jedi, is actually the spawn of Baby Yoda and Snye Snoodles. (laughs) His embryonic fetus gestated over years inside Bib Fortuna's massive double-pronged head ganglia for millennia before sprouting into a robust latter-day goth Jesus. Oh, wait, no, it's not, because this is a Westworld podcast. <laughs> Talking to you, not Ethan. <laughs> I hope you happy then that not Ethan stayed on topic this episode. <laughs> yeah, no Star Wars <laughs> questions there. Let me address not Ethan for a second. Get it together, man. Let's face it, we are like... Uh, Todd from Breaking Bad and Megan from Mad Men. We are at the end of the line here. The train is slowly pulling into the station, and we were lucky to get a seat on the Wrap It Up Express. You know listening to Jay and Jack and getting your feedback read read is amazing, but not quite as amazing as it used to be. Let's face it, my friend. We are more (laughs) Elena... We are more Alana than Ana Lucia. More Phil Leotardo than Richie April. 
April. Uh, everybody loves John Locke, but they also hate the man in black. So please don't waste everybody's time by making Jay read horribly long winded wordy emails that have nothing to do with the show you're supposed to be writing about. <laughs> Not cool, man. Not cool. Westworld. What's a Westworld? Ethan. Woo. Ooh, well, I love wow. that. Shots fired. There, 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 there's, I mean, it, 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 we're talking about who's going to be on Maeve's side, who's going to be on Laura's side, who's on Ciroc's side. There's lines drawn. It's like everyone's against Ethan. Well, it's Sasha is against Ethan, but she has her own play. And then not Ethan is definitely against Ethan. And then. Right. Ethan so the question is, is are Sasha and, and Ethan, not Ethan, going to work together? Yeah. Or are they still like. Maybe, you know, Sasha's like, not Ethan, you're a bit too extreme with your yeah, approach right. to Ethan. Like, I don't know if I can work with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, this is this is um, a big deal. Yeah. This, I, I can't wait for the reveal. It'd be interesting. Uh, last email. Uh, and I want to pronounce your name right. I think it's Sids. S-I-D-S-E. Sidsy. Sidsy. Uh, or just Sidza. Uh, like... Uh, like Mitch. Oh, Sids. Is that what she's saying? I'm curious what about what kind of chaos uh, we would see from the insight leak and whether a virtual Lee Sizemore can outperform Hector on the charm attribute he learned from Maeve. Did anyone get a little cat's cradle from the plausible psychiatrist quick undoing and fully empty uh, or half empty high ceiling institution? Uh, combined with the season three's empty streets and self-isolating society, people complain about the car chase in 305, but they drive slow enough and things have sparse, uh, sparse out enough in real life. I'm pretty sure they can refilm it in that same style right now in real life Chicago without any need for road closures <laughs> or anything. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting watching like the, the after the show thing when they were, I mean, it was really not even focused on thematic stuff. It was more so about like the effect of blowing the car up and they're like, Obviously, we couldn't blow a car up on a real street. It's like, actually, nowadays, you can probably yeah. get away with it because yep. there's not going to be a lot of cars out there. Exactly. Well, they used to do it back in the old, you know, back in the old days before, you know, CGI. They had, you know, stunt people that they would blow up cars in the streets. And I agree. Because we were talking last night about the car chase from the week before. I said, well, you know, back in, you know, the French Connection or uh, Steve mm. McQueen and Bullet and, and all this, those, the, the car chases were real. I mean, they're state. I mean, they're obviously choreographed, choreographed, but it's still, they were still, it was real. I mean, it was real cars. There was a chance they could flip over. And now we have the CGI thing. So it's like, you know. I think it was a real car chase. And they still do real car chases now. I mean, the Fast and the Furious not, franchise, not, have you not, seen those? Those are completely I real. I don't waste my time with that now. Sorry. Um, all right. Uh, if there's accidentally a non black or pre 2020 Jeep in frame, they can paint it out. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, Tessa Thompson, episode six. How the F and F and F did they build such an intense fight sequence out of little clips they got at random times during filming throughout the season? Uh, per TT with Jonah Robinson on Still Watching, she has become such a powerful presence in the show. I had no idea she had that kind of chops. Best regards, sits. I agree. Yeah, this was a really good episode for Tessa Thompson. And she's, I mean, again, if you consider the work that she's doing, we talked about this a bit with like Evan Rachel Wood in the first two seasons, right? That she was sort of weighing between like the Wyatt side and the mm-hmm. sweet Dolores side. Uh, that's sort of what, what Tessa Thompson's doing this season with Charlotte, mm-hmm. where she is constantly weighing between two different personas. And yeah. it's been really 
really fun to watch. I feel like this has been like a great season for Tessa Thompson. I feel like this has yes. been a great season for Ed Harris. Yeah, specifically, like those those are the big two that I feel like have uh, have done. I mean, maybe it's just because their characters have become like the most uh, depth mm-hmm. or deep uh three-dimensional or even four-dimensional but i feel like they're putting in really really great performances in particular they are and aaron paul some of his best work yeah um someone argues some better than some of his previous work yeah like arguably his best work um his best work since big love i can't think of another show he was on uh but i i agree because there was this moment in this episode where ed harris just gave a look and it was just a look it all it's all it was but it was Mm -hmm. incredibly impactful and i was just like that is acting. Like, I don't know what acting is. I'm not an actor, but that is acting. Cause it was like just a really moving thing. And it's just a slight facial expression. Just, it was so subtle. Well, he's, um, he's been a great actor for a long time. Exactly. So exactly. Like, that's like somebody that has honed their craft, knows how to do it. Um, and it's just, it's that's really like the neat. first season when they were able to get him, they were able to get, um, Anthony Hopkins, Anthony Hopkins. I mean, that those are two heavyweights. And then you yeah. get the, the other cast members who were, either coming into their own or they've just, they were already there. So it's like, well, it's interesting because as great as Anthony Hopkins was, he wasn't showing a lot of emotional depth. And that's mm-hmm. something I really enjoyed about this season with, with him as well is that we see the man in black become more unglued mm-hmm. this season. And as a result, it does give sort of Ed Harris more to do. And we really see it here where again, he has this nihilist view of things at the beginning of the episode, but the more he gets subjected to these treatments, the more, week we see him and to have him make that rise back up to the status at the end i think is like a really nice mini arc within this episode mm-hmm. and i think give ed harris a lot to do as well definitely different shades of this character and this person than we've mm-hmm. seen before which has usually been like the very steely veneer that he walks through the park with because he knows that there are no stakes to it mm-hmm. you think exactly. a guy like ed harris you know could go to the, the you know the writers and stuff like that and say, okay you need to give me more more to work with it give well, me more depth more uh or it did it's just because i'm sure a lot of actors do that it's well, like okay you know you're just i'm not i'm not testing myself you need to get something where it's well it's interesting because t- i mean i before we came on here was reading an interview that our your friend of mine josh wiggler of the hollywood reporter did with ed harris and ed harris vocalized that he did not like the direction that his character was going in he fully admitted to that oh, so really? yeah he did and he didn't say whether or not he talked with him about it but i do wonder if maybe his uh his lack of happiness with the direction with his character was palpable enough that they said, okay, let's go in a different direction with this character. Whether it was coincidental that they decided to explore who the man in black is. We again still have a question mark with this character because at a certain point we do know he's going to end up in that, that Delos like simulation Mm -hmm. where Emily's going to be confronting him years down the line. So I guess the question is he, he may have this redemption story, but at the end of the day, it might come back to this fidelity test as well. And and how does he end up getting to that place? Well, it just he, seems to me he's he's the kind of he's got the kind of clout that he could probably, you know, request. I hope you know, not because it's I I feel like, but also most actors are, I don't know. There's very few that are probably that would be that tool ish. Um, I'm not saying I'm not, but I, I don't think it's being a tool. I'm, if you're making the show better. Like I mean, act it, it, like, I mean, I'm not saying he went there and said, "Look, either change it or, or I'm, you kill me off." I'm saying he, maybe he went there with some suggestions. Look, I, I need something that's gonna. 
But don't writers hate actors that come in with suggestions for their own role? Like, I feel like right, this I don't is know. not friends with Joey. Okay. This yeah, is yeah. Well, that's the thing. It, it depends. I've actually I've been reading uh, the oral history of Star Trek, and that was definitely a, a qualm with the the original series. Was that like Shatner and Nimoy would come in and be like, I don't think you know. I don't think Kirk would do that in this scene, but I feel like it depends on the person. Yeah. Like, I wonder, even if it's third, it's third season, if Westworld is enough of a collaborative experience that if Ed Harris comes in and is like, I think we could explore this, you know, personality capacity, that they'd be like, oh, that's interesting. Like, let's explore it. Or if it's like, I trust where the writers are going, so I'm just going to let them do it, and I'll sort of follow them along, and it just happens to luck out that this happens to be a big season where William gets to explore himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to been the plan the whole time. I'm just, I just, yeah. I, I just always wonder about stuff like that. Yeah, it's true. Well, at least now we because, know because Jack, it because it does happen. We know it does happen. Yeah. At least at least now we know Jack how you would be an actor on a set. <laughs> oh, I'd be, I'd, I'd, I'd be. Uh, you wouldn't want me on this side. <laughs> I, they'd have to change my trailer every yeah, day. It'd, it'd, be, it'd be. I said no brown M and M's. Yes, I do like the brown. Now M&Ms. bring me my Botox. <laughs> <laughs> CGI to make me look younger. All right. Actually, actually, this stage in my career, I probably wouldn't have any say at all. I'd be like, old man, get out of here. You'd probably be doing a podcast, which you're already doing, so you're ready to go. Yeah. There you go. Um, all right. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for your feedback. Again, you can send an email to westworldjjm at gmail.com or send a phone call to 385 All right, Jack. It's time for your crackpot theory of the week. Sasha's really excited about it. And I know all the other listeners are as well. What do you got for us? Well, I think I talked about most of it during the show, being that who's going to be the uh, who made these and all that different stuff. But I decided mm-hmm. to – I think the talk that Dolores and Maeve had when – they were going back and forth and they're basically, you know, they're kind of, it's, they're kind of tell each person, you know, you have this flaw, you have this flaw, you know, but the end, they should be working together. It's mm-hmm. what I was getting from it. I think that Maeve is playing a con on Ciroc and she's going to kill him. Ooh, I okay. think that'd be a really fun way to end the season of like, yeah. we're talking about, you know, who's the closest confidant to betray Dolores Right. If it's close as confident of Sorak to be the one to betray him, that could be a right. very interesting way to get rid of the character. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I believe that Maeve is going to be the one to to uh, kill him. I think it's a good. I think it's a good because, theory. Because who else can get close to him? Yeah. Yeah, and all, and also the irony that you know he is doing all this to prevent uh, an artificial uprising, and if Maeve got Sorak to enlist help for her in order to just kill him, he sort mm-hmm. of has uh, produced yeah. his own outcome. Yeah. Now, not that Maeve is going to work with. Dolores, but it's it's too early for Dolores to die, and it's too early for Maeve to die. So mm-hmm. they were two yeah. of the main characters last season. They're still two very strong characters, so you can't get rid of them. You know, they're not. It's not time to get rid of them yet. Yep. Yeah, I could I could see a situation where like Maeve kills Sorak, but Maeve basically tells Dolores like this is a meme. We're on the same side, and now it's right. like now they're actually against each other. And what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, it's like, you know, Maeve says, uh, you know, I, I disapprove of what you're doing, but what Ciroc was doing to us was, like, inhuman, almost. Right. Considering, like, I can imagine if Maeve finds out what Ciroc was doing and torching the entirety of cold storage, that it doesn't have to land well with a, with a host. Because we thought that Maeve and, and Dolores were going to work last season together, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, was, and it didn't happen, so. We thought this season, too, and after her killing Hector, definitely not going to be now, so. No. 
she's mad now. <laughs> You've made her angry. Oh yeah. You don't want to. You don't like her when she, she's yeah. angry. Um. All right. Well, that's your crackpot theory, and I'm sticking to it. All right. You're right there. Yes. <laughs> I was. That was younger Jack. Like, oh. Okay. Exciting. Ah. All right. All right, I Howard Dean. Uh, anyways, that'll do it for this episode of Westworld with Jay, Jack, and Mike. Give us an email at westworldjjm at gmail.com. Also, send a phone call to 385-309-0311. I wasn't listening. <laughs> call well, you, well, you did the big plug like a few minutes ago I did, anyway. So. In fairness. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash J and Jack group. If you use Amazon, use the link jandjack.com slash Amazon. And we want to especially thank people that make this show possible. Especially. That was two especiallys, ladies and gentlemen. Tack from Tokyo, Eckhart Richter, Maggie the Magnificent, Joanne with the Plan, Ed the Creepy Mailman, Drake the Destroyer, and Greg the Gray. Thank you to all of the patrons of our podcast network. You can find a full list at jayandjack.com, and you can find the link to become a patron at jayandjack.com. Whether you give $1 or more a month, it helps make these shows possible. But we also understand in this current pandemic, if you you can't, really, just enjoying, sending in feedback, whatever you can do to support the show. Even giving a review on iTunes uh helps Actually, uh, if show. you want to send an email just a, it can be a quick one i'm on ethan or not ethan side Ooh. i mean i think that's are we that's inciting the ethan versus not ethan war I, I think we need to i think we need to address this it's been wow. going on for what, three years it three i mean been, three seasons it's been going on for a minute is this it's our time, season finale? It's time, it's, it's time to put that line in the sand and take aside, people. For our because li- we usually do a live show for the last episode. Like, do we need to set up a live like Ethan v not Ethan? Yeah, I think so. What is that like? Our is that our pre-show? That's like the <laughs> the opener. It's not a bad idea. I don't know. We're all quarantined. We gotta have something to entertain ourselves. Let's put them in a. Let's put them in a Thunderdome. Let's see what and if happens. They're destroy- if they're destroying each other, what, what's what's the harm in us betting, right? You know exactly. Do. We'll put odds on it. <laughs> and then Sasha's the one that comes that rises from the ashes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but anyway, all right. Well, uh, that'll do it for this episode, Mike. You. Um, are quite possibly have the greatest body of podcasting work of anyone I've ever you met. In my life. Body. <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere else with that. I'm not going... Especially <laughs> post your your new quarantined haircut, it's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Um, inspired I me. I I, Wait, I trimmed my hair this yesterday. What? He got the sides do done. Well, I was I say I did it. I I shaved the sides of no, my head. I thought yesterday. you were supposed to buzz it. I'm not buzzing it. Look at this. I, I thought that's what you said last week. Look at this good head of hair. I could be you, Jack. I got I to gotta praise. I got to keep this thing yeah, it's vertical. Uh, so, Mike, uh, it this has to be a busy season for you with Survivor on and all that kind of stuff. But where can people find your fantastic work? Uh, at a Mike Bloom type is where I put everything out, including writing and podcasting. I'll keep it short because we're running super long. But yeah, I did a lot of stuff these past couple of weeks. But yeah, I publicized it all on my Twitter and Instagram at a Mike Bloom type. So check it out if you're interested. Boom. Uh, all right. Well, that will do it. We'll see you all next time. Hasta luego. And goodbye. Bye, Hector. <laughs> Aw.
<laughs> Wait, boys to men is too. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. I love it. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.